Welcome to Film Study, an all-American podcast with Lexi. I'm Lexi. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share, all of the things. And my guest co-host, Monda. <laughs> you back. Let's let's get into it. Let's um get to how I end up being together. <laughs> this was not even on purpose. I really really uh inviting you to do this one because uh we were talking about the baker twins and there were supposed to be three of us but it just didn't work out but uh <laughs> it just you know it was uh meant for you and i to talk about apparently <laughs> yes and don't think we set this up because we knew it was gonna be spoon of your angst and y'all think i was just here to come for spencer no this was no Right, and I think you thought that this they were gonna pause on the Bolivia angst, and yes. the Bolivia angst was gonna be like the next episode or something. Yeah, see, <laughs> in the way it should have. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So, right off the bat, all right. Let me see. I'm trying to. I'm so excited about this episode that I wanted to get into. <laughs> but what did you think about the episode number one? What were your overall thoughts on it? I'm going to tell you, I really like the episode overall. I really did. I love, like, the different storylines. I love the fact that Coop wasn't there at all. I'm sorry. I love Coop, but I was happy that Coop me had... Me three. Me three. Away. I was like, yes. Then you could come, come for me, Jen. Come for me, Jen. Come for Jen at the same time. <laughs> but we literally... I, I was just so happy. I was like, yes, as soon as they said she was on the road. Um, but I love the interactions of the parents with with um, the teens slash young adults. And I love seeing them all go through their multiple um, layers um, of things. Right. So it was, it, was really, it was really good. It was a good story. And the person who wrote it said, <laughs> it was like, hey, I'm the person who wrote it. But if you don't like it, I'm not the person who wrote it. And this, this um, and I'm so I... I love the fact that that writer like put themselves out there like that, and they did an amazing job. Amazing That's job. Actually, really funny. Now I gotta. <laughs> now I gotta see who wrote this thing. I can tell you because I responded to that person. Um, while you go ahead and tell me how what you thought of it. I will find the person's name for you. So uh, I thought I too enjoyed this the the episode and. Um, what I really like is I feel like they're finding their footing. Um, they're really finding a footing and a groove and with them being in college and apparently <laughs> there were a couple of surprises that we're about to get into. I was just like, okay, that's, that's fun. I didn't know that. Um, but yeah, I think they're finding their footing and it didn't seem like an overwhelming amount of story, even though we're very used to this pace of all American sort of having juggling these different storylines and like several storylines at one time it didn't feel like there were too many storylines to keep track of for sure yeah it, it, it all fell in line with what the characters should be going through at this time very right much so. very much so adrian dukes is it adrian dukes I it is adrian dukes ah, look at me knowing the writers <laughs> yes because i quote tweeted it and yeah adrian like wrote the if you if you're on twitter today on timeline adrian was like i wrote tonight's episode um look for the certain credit but if you don't like it it is not associated with this with this account at all it was just hilarious and i had to laugh like people were just laughing <laughs> at the response to the tweet um but yes adrian you did an amazing job it was really good adrian you killed that you killed that you really killed that. yep it's really good um yes and so let's get let's get into the the episode um number one laura is tired she's tired wait my mama laura is not tired she's ti red she's ready to give it to everybody (laughs) including her own daughter she's ready to give it to everybody her daughter giving away her clothes, her, uh, you know, she, what was it? I love this little interaction when she was just like, uh, like, hi to her daughter, hi to her bonus daughter, and then Patience comes. Patience rolls down with her jacket on. And Liv, and Liv was like, oh, that's where that came from. And, and Patience was like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. She's like, you look good in it. And Patience was like, I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
it literally and then she gave it to patients so she's just it's like how many kids do you have now laura <laughs> that and she can't she's like i can't even get in my own bathroom who's using her master's bathroom like seriously did Liv just take that over since she gave everything else to people like hey I'm gonna apparently take a so Didn't I, what, what, what did spencer say in the be in uh season one he said fifth room or the right or something so they should have multiple bathrooms they had a whole entire uh engagement party at their place so they need to they had a food truck in their backyards they should have more than three bathrooms at more than three bathrooms but for some reason i believe Liv decided she's gonna take over her oh, mom's yeah. in the bathroom. So, you know, yes. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, Laura's tired, um, but <laughs> it was a cute little cute little scene in the beginning. And just, you know, throughout the show, we see her, I think, being very motherly, which I love. I love mm-hmm. it. I love it. Even though it was getting on her nerves. She was looking after, you know, she was looking after patients in the episode, uh, bringing patients tea, uh, defending patients, being patients a lawyer. Unknowingly, what she didn't even know what patients was dealing with. She was like, I'm her lawyer. Right. I literally, literally. I literally was in that scene like, patients, you can't even afford her. And yet she's right here. Like, I'm going to help you. You're in my Laura, house. You're under my roof. I got you. Laura is a ride or die. And I love that. And I don't even think we've gotten to see Laura and patients interact before. So we to have get this... It. To get this goodness all in one episode was was amazing. Of Laura just being so protective over over patients and and bringing her tea, and that's just the tea was something so special to me because hint hint my script, you know. I just yeah. have been in, I've envisioned Laura as this person who <laughs> gives tea. Um, so basically, before I get into sort of uh the predictions that came true i'm just gonna say it now audience i've been i haven't been completely honest i am a part of the writers (laughs) (laughs) i'm totally kidding but it almost feels like that let me tell you because i at one point been accused of being part of the writers team when we were on on the youtube uh front and so for (laughs) you to now be accused and some people believing you were part of it it's hilarious um, so though no, neither of us are. We really are not. We, neither you know. of us are. But it was really it was really good to see that moment and it was really good to see Laura being so protective of patients. And we know that, you know, Laura was looking into the whole coup preach situation. Right. It's getting worse, as we knew it would. As and we she, knew it would. Yeah, and she was very honest with patients. She said, I'll let you know when it, it's is that it's that time to panic. And she's like, it's that time to panic. Coop needs to come home. Yeah, yeah, because Coop, Coop is away home. with dad. The dad that we haven't heard about since ages, <laughs> since yeah. season one. <laughs> it's, it's, time for, it's time for her to come home. So it's, I so, knew that this storyline was going to touch my mama, Laura. And I literally said on Zoom to Jen before you came into our conversation that this storyline better not touch my mama, Laura, or live. I literally said it on Saturday night. And it did. It's touching me. <laughs> I knew it was gonna do it. I knew it. That was one of my predictions, and it's happening. So yeah, 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 it did. So we'll see how that goes, and we'll get into that with predictions. But moving right along, the the girl, the woman, the lady who Laura called her bonus baby, which is Layla Keating. Yes, for Monica Records, it is true. She is it her is bonus true. child. She is. <laughs> She's, I she's lived there. Or even before she lived there currently, uh, even though we haven't seen her at the Baker's house, she lived there, you know, in season one as well. And she's known, and she's known, well, she's known Layla practically all her life. If we don't know when they injured each other's life, but practically all her life. I've right. always right. called, even though, you know, me and Lele don't like each other sometimes, I always call Lele and Spencer Laura's bonus children, like literally yeah. all the time. I've always claimed that to be true. So, yeah, that's true. Yeah. 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 Uh, and so uh, they, <laughs> I do want to insert this uh, into the conversation. Maybe I'll wait. I'll wait. But yes. So, so moving on to Layla, Layla uh, is just, you know, trying to be the best producer that she can be. And she has this uh, 
has this record with Sabine that she's been working on. And Sabine is a big new artist for Layla. And, you know, we see that Layla is sort of intimidated. So she tries to switch the sound. And then Sabine is just like, just be you. Just be you. And Layla's like, all right, bet. Okay. And Sabine was just like, I, what's that, that song you wrote for Patience about trust? I want that. I want that. And Layla was like, all right, come on in. Tell me about your life. <laughs> Can we, before we go back, before we get to that point, can we talk about how either Sabine or the writers lied and said that some of those beats sounded like Timberland and Sweets beats? Um, because as someone <laughs> who loves hip hop and know both of their work, I was a little insulted. I'm just saying. Really? Yes, I was. I was truly insulted. Um, but it's okay. This is fictional world. So it was fiction. But I'm just saying. Yeah, in this fictional world, people also think. Poop is a dope rapper. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> it well, is what it is. It is what it is. Um, I accepted it. Just a little offended, but I accepted it. So yeah. And so Sabine wanted a more uh a more yes. sort of soul soul yes. trap trap sound. Uh and uh like a trip hop sound almost. And 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 Layla wasn't coming with those beats and sort of after some encouragement, after some conversations about Sabine's life. Uh, Layla, Layla figured out a sound that could work with Sabine and it was really fun for me to watch that interaction because the more that I noticed that uh, the more that I watched that scene really it made it seem like I think at first I thought this relationship was going to be Layla sort of trying to impress Sabine and Sabine really not being like you know you need to get it together you need to be on your A game like I thought that's the yeah. route that it was going to go down at first uh, but really, Sabine is almost acting as a mentor to Layla, and I love that for her. I actually like that too. I I like the fact too that Sabine was like, "What do you want?" Right. Like, why are you really in this game? What What is it about? And Layla really like dissecting it. Like at first, it was about me trying to not be my father, but then she was yeah. like, "I want the empire." I said, "Okay, yeah, go ahead and take that crown then, if that's what you want." And yeah, I like go get your empire. Yeah, go get your empire. But then I then I start thinking about the show Empire, and I'm like, at what what sacrifices will she come along the way, right down the future line, as she seeks to get this empire? So it's like all the possibilities around that. But I really liked it. Yeah, I right, really right. So that that ended on a really good note. Something that I said that I wanted. <laughs> happened and we're getting Layla writing again and I love that it, that was because you did say you wanted that because it was connected to the fact that her mom was a writer yeah. and you did say you wanted that and you got what you wanted you I got, got what, what I wanted so I was really I, happy about that can I tell you what I liked about also Layla scene is yeah. her coming in when Billy and Laura were talking and she I was like, just about to bring that up yeah. she was so excited she was so excited because because Laura had already encouraged her Mama Laura already encouraged her before she walked out the door and she was had that self-doubt going out the door and to then come back and to find out like exactly like this is what it was and this is and her wanting to share and her never having that before because her dad was never there right and for her to come back and there's parents sitting there that she can actually share with was like, wow, this is what that, this is what this feels like. And to have someone there waiting. Exactly. Exactly. And I completely, I completely agree. Uh, which is why I, I, I didn't like that. Um, that, that Layla, that, that, that Laura and Billy sort of shooed her away like that, because I was just like, come on. Like, come on. Let her be excited. She's a parent. And this is the reason why she moved into the space. So, I, so I'm so i not going to blame Laura and Oh, Billy. no, no. De- definitely not blaming. They're blaming the writers not giving that connection to the reason why she moved into the Baker's house. But they kind of right, did it right. in a little bit. So, yeah. And the other thing is, is just like, I feel like Coop, there's been so many scenes where Coop or, or someone else has uh, had that exact same moment and has been allowed to mm-hmm. have that connection. And so it, it's just another instance of like, why why can't she have nice things in terms of uh, like parents or parental figures? 
why can't she have her moments? Goes back to our one um, podcast we talked about in the support about community. support. Yeah, yeah, and we put Coop on the side of men because she got so much and and everything, right. and lay uh, lay and live not so much of that support. Yeah. So yeah. 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 So that's interesting, and I it might come back up, it might not, but yeah, that was a really interesting point. Um, yes, that was that storyline. Um, going over to not not Laura's bonus bonus children but someone that she also has to do some very strong caring for her husband <laughs> she was just parenting everybody today uh, <laughs> but on to, on to Billy uh, Billy's really settling into his role as principal and he decided to give Preach a job um <laughs> teacher and grace was not happy about that and grace so it was the whole thing with him and grace and billy just really settling into the idea of being a principal and settling into the idea of like hey i really want this this job and then grace sort of discouraging him and saying don't get too comfortable uh and so he talked that over with he talked that over with laura and really decided Hey, I want to I want to do this despite you know everything despite my hopes and dreams to be a coach maybe for college or be to be a coach in the NFL uh and I recognize that Grace has called me selfish which she did um but I kind of want to pivot and I want this to be a career change and so they together with Laura encouraging his dreams decided to move back into GW's house um being Crenshaw so that Billy could really give his all to this idea of being a principal because he really enjoyed it everything except for the keys <laughs> I I so I let me tell you what I find interesting about all this Billy took Spencer advice in hiring preach who is a known felon and who's under investigation right now for a murder rap to come in and tutor his students in high school I'm all I'm all here for um, prison reform and all this other stuff. I'm here for that. But you taking Spencer advice as if Spencer was actually someone on the school board and who quote unquote has some kind of knowledge of what and what is qualified in hiring somebody to watch over these students and teach these students. Yes, granted, he did help Coop pass his pass her GED and everything, but I was like um sir i need you to do better in how you pick pick people because you got to justify that to the school board you're gonna have to justify this to people who want to hire you who want to hire you permanently as to why this is gonna why this is gonna happen i like go ahead oh no all i was gonna say is i'm 1000 percent with you because i too am all for reform and all for yeah all for reform and i'll just just leave it at that However, comma, Preach literally killed somebody <laughs> a few episodes ago. And it's no secret that he was in a gang. And so the fact that we're trying to act like Preach didn't do these things just recently is sort of absurd. <laughs> On top of the fact that none of them have qualifications. <laughs> Thank you very much. Because I was about to bring that up. Like, like Billy himself don't have qualifications to be a principal. Exactly. I call the fact that, and I just put I, um, put it on my page, that the fact that uh, Billy and Mama Laura was going to go and stay in Crenshaw because of his, his opportunity to be a principal. He has to stay in a district to do that. I called that and I knew that was going to happen. I also put on Twitter like about a month ago, I think, or three weeks or whatever ago, is that the Billy storyline of him being a head coach, moving on to being a principal, this is the actual storyline of Sir Pacinger, real life uncle, who was his head coach, who became the athletic director and eventually the principal of Beverly Hills High School. So they actually are taking like his uncle storyline um, and making it Billy's, which is interesting. So I, I like that in, in relation to, to the real life story to the to fictional story but yeah 
But so even though I have all of those qualms with Billy, here's my issue with Grace. <laughs> Go ahead, tell us. An episode ago, mm-hmm. she was all for Billy being the principal. Literally tricked this man into a job. Literally said it tonight that she tricked him into this job. Literally. Literally. Words out of her mouth. And so why is she acting like, oh, you better not get too comfortable. And she, and they've already found a candidate. And and X, Y, Z. Like, what? And then why? You didn't feel comfortable in what Billy was going to do. Why did you suggest him in the first place? And then why are you hiding said person's name like it's a mystery when he's supposed because to be? Because it's her. Because it's her. Oh, we both know <laughs> it's her. We both know it's her. We both got that tea already. But we talking to Grace as if we don't know it's her. Miss Gracie, why are you hiding it from him? Just let us know. Why are you hiding Let us know why. And the other thing, <laughs> the other thing is, again, why, why is she moving so shadily? That's what I want to know. Can you explain that to me? I really don't because next week we're going to talk about predictions because that like that <laughs> that little uh, brief preview we had. I said, "Oh, you really moving shady, Miss Gracie?" Because you even talking to your son out the side of your mouth, and he up there talking about in favor of Billy as the principal. So yeah, we'll talk about that in predictions. I have no clue why she's moving shady, other than the fact that she herself is lining up the. The a possibility of her end up being a principal, but then I have a question: How you have the qualifications to be a principal? Where did this Fact. come from? Because last we heard, you were working in the courthouse. Before that, you was also um, landscaping for stop delving this woman's degree. She is a city planner. It's a I city know you got a degree in city planning and urban planning. I respect those people. I have people like that in my life. Do y'all life. hear the but disrespect Grace Mother is giving Grace right now talking about some landscaping? See what she did. She was making gardens and everything for that school. Just like the end of last year. So that's literally what she was doing. She was trying to find ways and beautifying the the school and giving people hope as to what other things you can do with the community and around that school. I completely understand that. But what does that give her the qualifications of her herself being a principal? I need to know. Because when they stack it up against both her and Billy, I want it all out. I want y'all to tell me how both of these people are qualified or not qualified for the job. Just let me know. Same, same. We'll talk about that when we get to predictions. Tell me who's best, who's not who's not best. And I want to know why Gracie's moving funny. Besides besides her being the the other um, candidate. But I too. I too want to know because she was in very acting very brand new, acting very brand new, <laughs> which is weird. Oh, very strange. Um, so, with that being said, uh, their actual child, actually, their actual children. children. I forget <laughs> the Baker twins. The Baker twins. You know what's funny though? Yes. It was their children together, but I don't feel like we got the typical Liv and Jordan interaction in this episode. And if I could say one piece was missing, and I think I just realized that just now, it was the the hilarity of their interactions. It was very serious this time. I thought we got that when he was like, when he was explaining that Spencer was not on the death charts and she's like, I am a coach's daughter. He's like, what? <laughs> and they were like interacting with each other. It was brief. Yeah. And I just feel like they, they, there weren't as many. So let me say there weren't as many. Cause right. we got the, we got the thing with the ice cream um, the and the baker. What was it called? The baker surprise, the baker yes. or something. Something. And we got their interaction in the courtyard where she was like, I am a coach. Baker Delight. The Baker yeah. Delight. Baker Delight. And we got the interaction with the, her being the coach's daughter and her knowing the difference. Right. Right. But it part. just, and I was wondering, is that on purpose because they're in college now and they're more grown up or 
uh, or they were de- dealing with a serious situation. I don't know. I just, I missed the, the banter. I, I still missed, yeah, the banter, the banter. Basically. I think it's a combination of them getting older and having like separate interests and trying to, um, trying to connect at, at the same time. And the fact that it was about a serious issue of finding Jin. And what would right. that have been possibly life and death? Because it was because as the as it started, she was like, "Oh my gosh, this is like Beverly Hills High again." Because he was all like, "Everybody's like, what's up in him and everything." Yeah, I love that. <laughs> she was like, "Are you serious? Are we really going through this again?" She's like, "I can't help it." I'm, he's like, "I can't help it that I'm popular," and it's just like they have this. I said this on Twitter and everything. They're the duo. They came out of the womb together. It's gonna be always them together. No matter what, even if they're on their separate paths, they will always find right. a way of connection. More so is spent more so live with boss Jordan around and be like, This is what you're about to do, type of thing. But yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so that, that that was one that I just wish their banter was a little bit more heightened. Uh, but I totally understand why it wasn't. Um, but they were looking for Jen who uh, her parents were very worried. People were calling because she missed the first day of school, cut the first day of school. But as it turns out, she was just nervous because uh, she might have been triggered, which is very understandable. Very understandable. Yeah. And which was related to Liv's story because Jordan was like, this, does this sound familiar? Um, and because of the fact that when we met Liv, she was coming fr- fresh out of rehab. And trying to right. find her footing at Beverly Hills High. Um, and so that's when Liv was like, I'm here for you. You need to let me know when you're feeling these things. Or you may feel triggered because you don't have to walk this path alone. Exactly. While she herself was walking it alone because she didn't have that person who's already experienced it in, in such a way close to her age, right? And so she was And we know her sponsor was trash. Trash. So we, so we know that in a way Liv is like, I'm here for you. Um, and we will see if in the future her being, if being there for Jen will impact how she, her, for her as a student, right? And as she's moving forward in her career, in her college experience. But right now, Liv can manage that and balance that and trying to balance that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so yeah, that was a, uh, glad that that got all figured out and we got to see Liv live being a sponsor again which was great um i, I also yeah. appreciate jordan being invested in his sister's path and what she wanted to do and not brush it off because you know i'm the first one to always to get on jordan, jordan <laughs> yep i get on jordan i always say jordan has not been there for live and he always find a way to dodge the situation and find something something happens to him that then the focus is taken away from him supporting live but he literally dropped everything he needed to do to help his sister in that moment. And in his storyline was him continuously supporting his sister. Um, yeah. Her day. So I, I'm going to give you kudos, Jordan Baker. Um, and he deserves the kudos. And yeah. like you said, it was throughout the day. It wasn't just with Jen, but obviously yes. later on, yes. because throughout the day, she had a mini disagreement with Spencer. Yes. And so, I want to give you kudos, Jordan Baker, because you were there for your sister. Yeah, um, you now, I it. know you go you go do something next week that's going to make me go off on you. But right now. <laughs> How do you know that? Have more faith in Jordan. Because you should read my tweets when I say, although I know I have to always support Jordan because he's a Baker twin, he always turns around the next 24 hours and do something that maybe you want to say something to him. So, and it comes with the territory because – SMB, my fictional baby brother. I have to, I know the boys irritate me sometimes, particularly him. So, you know, it, it comes with the territory. I accepted it. I accepted it. That's, so. that's actually hilarious because somebody said he loses his character development every three to, three to five business days on Twitter last week. <laughs> he do, he do though. He do. That's true. Well, he, hey, that's who Jordan is. He's the nature of his character is very up and down. Very up and um, down. I would like for them to develop him out and give him. I mean, I think he's been developed. I think that I, or at least I can see his growth from now. I just think that he, I think that he will always be a character that struggles and is very up and down, but I see the long game of 
how his character arc has been. That too. And can I, but can I get some more of college Jordan like football? Yeah, I agree. I, he has Jordan. not had a storyline. He has he not had his own storyline. They act like except for the time that he got into the little game, the scrimmage or whatever, and wanting to get in and him telling Spencer cheer up is gonna get better and you're not always like gonna be number one. Jordan hasn't had his own and he needs his own. Because he is yeah. trying to be a walk-on on a D1 team, people. Give him a storyline of what that actually looks like. Exactly. And in depth. So I just wanted to put that out there. I'm advocating for Jordan a storyline on that on that front. So. Same here. Same here. I, I, too. I, too, am advocating for that. Um, and with that being said, uh, you know something that let, let me – take it back to, I know I'm jumping around here, but let me take it back to Billy for a second. Really quick. Preach was talking about Shakespeare and hip hop. Uh, it was a really cool thing when he was doing the little activity with the with the high school students of, you know, who said this li- lyric, was it a rapper or was it Shakespeare? Uh, that's actually something that Daniel <laughs> had in high school, I think. <laughs> really? So it was cool that NK used that. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, that Adrian Dukes use that. Because I know that's actually something that N.K. and Daniel connected on is their love for Shakespeare. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was a really small tidbit. Um, but anyway, <laughs> that was an aside. That was an aside. But getting to... If we're going to still stay on a, the uh, Billy storyline, which we'll go back into, because he ended up visiting the, the guys because of so much, because uh, the ladies were there and they took away. Uh, Jordan stole his food, remember? Stole his right. cereal and everything. So that connection of also back to the guys and the guys of the house. But I will, I digress. We can go on to the next part. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're, we're both aligned on this because I was about to jump to the part to say, there was a lot going on at the guy's place <laughs> on the guy's end of the storyline, apart from Jordan, uh, in this episode. Uh, we obviously mentioned there was a little disagreement between Spencer and Olivia, which we will get to. But beyond that, you know, Spencer was just really struggling again, just struggling because, you know, he wasn't uh on the on the depth chart in the position that he wanted to be in he did not make third string isaiah made third string which again shout out to eve (laughs) in my prediction from um from last week uh so that on twitter and your and yeah and your prediction on twitter and so like yeah it isaiah isaiah jumped uh jumped spencer on the depth chart and turns out that isaiah actually uh, originally had what was Spencer's scholarship and coach Boone is really the one that fought for Spencer to get this scholarship and really wanted himself as a coach and Spencer to be a package deal. Um, and that is how Spencer got the scholarship. So co- uh, the, the actual coach of golden Angeles uh, football team, he recruited Isaiah and Boone recruited Spencer. And I thought that was a very sort of realistic look <laughs> People fall in love with their recruits. And you can speak more to that than I can, Manda, but people oh. fall in love with the people that they recruit. They they definitely do, because um, this is my world. Um, they fall in love with the recruits. What I found interesting, though, is typically when the head coach falls in love with the recruit, rarely do they allow a new assistant coach to then take a scholarship away from the person they fell in love with. But apparently, they wanted, apparently he wanted boom that bad that he right. ended up giving that scholarship to Spencer rather than um, Isaiah. Because that is rare. And when I say rare, I mean it's really Extremely rare. rare. Extremely yeah. rare. They would tell yeah. Boom, kick rocks. See you later. Exactly. It's not happening. Bye-bye. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I just, I was, like, I was so shocked. You should have saw my mom. My mom dropped open, like, say what now? Um, yeah. But, yeah. But, but then, go ahead, I'm sorry. I was going to say, but as, uh, so as Spencer is sort of figuring this out and again, just being very frustrated that in his own words, his football dreams are shattering, you know, we have, and this is something that the writers have started to do. And I actually think it's a very organic way of keeping everybody connected because it's as Spencer is going through this frustration with being a D1 athlete, 
you have the juxtaposition of people like JJ in talking about a Zen tourship, which is him being into Zen, <laughs> Zen meditation, and really trying to find a center and sort of helping Asher with his coaching. And Asher's having this storyline where uh, uh, Coach Mr. Montez, <laughs> Coach Montez's husband, who's also Coach Montez, uh, he, he really wants to be a, a student coaching assistant. Right. for uh for coach montez and he gives him this this assignment that says go and look go look at this film and tell me what you identify and asher sort of goes through coming back and back and back again uh and being wrong each time until the coach finally says like this is what it was is that you know there was this uh quarterback who was playing injured uh and he hit the injury from us uh and it, it was just re- this really good dialogue about taking a different approach can i just say something though when i was watching this scene i was like this well asher particularly i said asher if you think that you are going to get this coaching coaching opportunity even though you know jj's pumping you up and everything i said this screams privilege and white privilege because i said there's no way you could just walk on and end up being somebody's coach student coach without going through the the different how do I say this in a nice way? The different barriers, even if you do know his wife, um, the different barriers in order to get on the team. So I love that he was humbled to be like, you know what? You could be a, like somewhat as equivalent to a student manager. I need my, I need the laundry washed. Yeah, no, and I, I appreciate that too. And I think, I agree. I think that like, him being bold, but I I think that he knew at a certain degree that like this wasn't really going to be um, that he wasn't going to get a coaching gig. I think that he was surprised when he got that assignment in the first place to right. identify the film. Um, and so I wasn't. So it it was good for me. I actually really enjoyed a- Asher's storyline because I was I-, I was happy, so happy to your point that. He, you know, took it in stride. He got a little out of pocket there for a second, but then he gathered himself to very quickly take on the, being the towel boy, right. <laughs> being the towel boy. And again, like I said, juxtaposing to this Spencer storyline, uh, which is why we're talking about it now, but juxtaposing to the Spencer storyline about really being this sort of narrator, almost talking about changing your approach. Yeah. And it was so realistic, and I and yeah. I appreciate that. It was very realistic to what truly happens in collegiate athletics when people are interested in going the route of a stu- of a coach and a student coach. So it's really Asher story is very realistic. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So speaking about <laughs> changing approaches, again, Spencer is very used to I think hitting the weights and just going extra intense on the weights. <laughs> as a means for getting better and he couldn't do that this time around he couldn't just go in the weight room and say you know we're gonna have this montage of me in the weight rooms and everything's gonna work itself out uh so he had to try different things he meditated with jj he uh you know was again sort of very intentionally like he's already been doing but very intentional about like uh uh making sure his schedule is all right and he came to this conclusion after talking to another, none other than who? Asher. <laughs> One second, though. Help me. Because he was like, Asher was like, hello, you're talking to the person who you stole his position. And Finally. <laughs> Sorry. I felt that in my soul. I felt, I felt the finally it. in I my like, soul. Finally. I said, finally, we're going to put this out in the open. And then they're going to have the audacity to be like, I don't have time for this conversation. Oh, I was so bad. I, I was so bad. I want to reach into that screen. It's like, are you kidding me? This is what people I really wanted to hear for. what Spencer had to say to that man. Yeah. <laughs> even though I don't even, and that's the thing is like, even though I'm not a big fan of Asher, even though I'm not a fan of Asher, period. Right. Right. I wanted to hear what Spencer had to say because you got the sense and it was the writers admitting, right? That they have never talked about this that spencer has never said anything to asher not about 
uh, football, which football is pretty understandable. Like right. the game is the game. Okay. <laughs> you lose your you spot. Lose your you spot. lose your spot. That's one right. thing, even though it was very, you know, whatever, but like you lose your spot, you lose your spot. But in terms of the two girlfriends. <laughs> right. and, the, and the fact of the matter is that we have been waiting since Vegas. Yeah. Since before. Before though, but really Vegas. To have this conversation between Asher and Spencer. And for you all to be like, not now. No, we don't need to have that conversation right now. No, I was I like, are you kidding me? Like, you, I have never in my entire life wanted to knock two fictional characters upside their heads. Like, are you serious? But I, and, and the funny thing is, I say that and I do understand that that point from Asher, though, because he's just like, I'm not trying to hear this right now. I'm other trying to, to study do. this film, get on this team as a coach. But I need them to revisit that storyline. I really do. No, I, I really don't. do. But I, I love that they brought it up and I yes. love that, you know, in the way that they did, you know, Spencer was very obviously upset, very, he, this man loves to throw things. He was throwing his cell phone. He was oh. slamming doors oh. and doing everything else. And so the fact that Asher said, oh, are you finna talk about it or you just gonna keep slamming stuff? <laughs> Oh, and that's when he mentioned Liv uh, being in a fight with Liv, which let's get on to that storyline. Again, obviously, eventually he figured it out after meditation and changing his approach after talking to Asher. But again, what led him to even needing to think about changing his approach in the first place uh, Mm -hmm. to have that conversation with Asher is that he and Liv got into a disagreement for the first time Ever. Because they have never argued as friends. They have never. And I'm not counting 309 as an argument. Yeah, that we're not. We're not counting that at all because that was more emotional about her, her process and her development around her substance um, her substance abuse. No, they have never gotten in an argument. Ever. This is their first argument. And it started because she decided to call him when when uh, Jimmy was, went missing. And he was already in his feelings, which he had every right to be, about what was happening about with, with him being in the death charts and Isaiah taking over and, he, and right. his football world crumbling around him. But when I tell you, Lexi... That I say you got one more time to raise your voice and live. Not even before raising your voice. He hung up on her. He hung up on her before she recruited Jordan. I was ready to step through a TV screen. I mean, yes, but also when he raised his voice, that second phone call. Oh, that second phone call was a, like when I said, remember how I had threatened he had one time to put a hair out of place? That was a hair out of place moment. It and was. I was not here for it. I was talking about something. Oh, you good? Tell Jen I said hi. Boy! Tell him I said hi. And then, but really, and then you want to get you want to get all upset because she was like, "I found a solution. It's all it's all worked out. It could have been life or death." And I need you to understand that I myself am going through some things. Not the fact that she had recruited her brother and made him not talk to him at all. Like I right, d- declining his phone call. Declining his call. She basically said, "Jordan, it's you and me. We came in this world together. You will not choose him over me. Not at this moment." Those are the that. facts. Yeah, and I was like, "Jordan, how you be like? Oh, don't put me in the middle, sir. That is your twin." <laughs> There is no middle. There is no middle. There's no middle. You ride with the person who came in this world with you. You Facts. do not. You Facts. do not. Even if it's against your father, your mother, whomever, you ride with the person who came into this world with you, unless she's doing harm to herself. And in that moment, she was not. So you ride. You ride with her as to what that is. But yeah, he raised his voice as if he was talking to somebody else. Now, here's the funny part. Because there's these these tweets and all of this stuff on Twitter and all this other stuff that's going on social media. Spencer has never raised his voice to a woman. He's never been like Jordan and Bailey. Um, that blah, blah, blah. is not entirely correct. That he, is not entirely correct. He raised his say, voice at Layla. He raised his voice at his mother. He's raised his voice at Coop. But that's whole other at issue. Coop, yeah. He's raised his voice quite a, quite a lot, actually. Quite a lot. But they did not anticipate. Bolivia having that type of conversation and there were some t- certain people on Twitter who've been waiting for this angst. I have been waiting for this angst <laughs> from the very beginning. I'm, Nine, I'm so happy you got your angst. <laughs> yes. 
I am so happy, but I'm also finna shout out Haley and Nine. Hey, Haley. And we have been wanting this angst, and it came, and it came hard. And when people were like, oh, but they, but we're gonna talk about what happened at the end. I'm telling you this now, these are crumbs. They are laying down the crumbs for what's gonna happen that's gonna tear your hearts out. So y'all better right, get right. ready. Y'all better get ready. Right. But, but speaking of hearts being torn out, um, Spencer James, I just wanna know. When did you think it was okay to yell at her? I just want to know. <laughs> I really want to know. I'm yeah. trying to figure it out. Yeah, I was uh, the live defender and became out real quick when I saw that scene. <laughs> I was like, snatch his life, Liv. Because at that moment, she wanted to apologize because of his experience that he was up there talking about. But I'm like, no, no, no. I was like, stand your ground. Stand your ground, Liv. So well, which right is now. funny, too. Because to be, to be fair... I'm going to try to be unbiased for a two seconds here. You be, I'm she, there. She, when she originally called him, she was just like, I, I want to cancel on our snack break because right. I got to go deal with this thing with Jen. Obviously he hung up before she got a chance to say that. Um, But when, when she, fi- when they finally did talk on the phone the second time, she was just like, oh, I thought you looked forward to our snack break. I was like, well, you was about to leave anyway. <laughs> But you know what? She had the girl as girlfriend had the right away at that moment. She but listen, I uh, listen. I agree. As a live stand, I was just like, girl, girl, you need you need backup. You need. You need I will sleep beside her always. But yeah, I she was, was beside her. But she, she but she was not going to be there and no, not available. She, she, she can do wrong. Live can do wrong. Yeah, but she and, was not in the wrong in this end. Yeah, <laughs> and, but she at that time she was going to like not be available for snap babes. But he never allowed her to even say what was next coming out of her mouth. So we don't right. even know if she was going to ask for his assistant because he just instantly hung up on her. Right. And right. so, and so, at that point, she was like, "What is going on?" And I'm not here for it. We're not doing this right now. And so, yeah, yeah. Um. So it was interesting that their initial reactions were to jump, <laughs> jump through all of the communication that they've learned and right. not communicate. In Liv's instance, it was literally hanging up on him. In Every his party. instance, it was, uh, or no, sorry, ignoring his calls. In his instance, it was literally hanging up on her and sort of cutting her off. Uh, but by the end of it, obviously, he got Jordan's help. Uh, he before set up a nice little picnic or something there, in the back. Uh, huh? Can, before we go there, can we talk a little bit about something that's still related to this story? Because what? she comes back home angry. Jordan yeah, comes back Oh, yeah. And people, like, were rolling. They did not care. I was shocked. People were like, whatever. She wrote, like, she just rolled upstairs angry. Jordan's like, she had a fight. She had a fight with Spencer. Big fight. And Spencer. people rolled their eyes. They were like, oh, whatever. Whatever. My issue at hand was not the people rolling their eyes. My issue at hand was with the writers. I said, this would have been the perfect time to have Mama Laura go check on Liv and see if she was okay. But, of course, I wouldn't. Mama Laura was that. tired. She was tired. I know that. But I'm talking about the writers, like, give that extra oomph. But they didn't. But I'm accepting yeah. that. Um but Mama Laura was tired and she was like, okay, they had a fight. It's it's okay. Yeah, I, I think it's really interesting because their fight is hitting the audience. And they, they themselves acknowledge that this has been their first fight ever. So I'm surprised that it was such a blase moment for everybody around them. I, yeah, it's, it's just shocking to me. Yeah, because they they recognized in the show, we've never fought before. The audience recognized this as a big deal. And I, I think it's just like when they got together, <laughs> people around them are like, okay. okay. Like, there's no, it's just very interesting. It was just like, Interesting oh, choice. Yeah. But, you know, but Jordan himself, as he was the writer for her throughout the day, answers right. Spencer's message. Answers Spencer's message, uh, gets her to the beach house where Spencer has very lovingly prepared a... Um, after his meditation, by the way, after his Zen meditation with JJ, uh, prepared a nice little sort of backyard picnic candlelight dinner situation, uh, and apologized. And they apologized to each other. And, you know, he again talked about just the need for balance and she, you know, was understanding and saying, and this was really interesting from her too. Um, I thought I prepared myself for being the girlfriend of a D1 athlete and I they need to do a little bit more prep work was basically what she ended saying there. 
which which was true because she thought she prepared herself in the fact that her dad and her brother has been attached to football and she knows how what the sacrifices are. But she herself right. has not been because her being Asher girlfriend was a joke. Um, when he was a right. football player, but to be right. someone now who's in college D one is a more stakes and more stress. Yes. And she herself realized that she was she has not been truly prepared for what that truly looks like for her um, as exactly. a girlfriend. Which I'm going to say this, writers, will be a very good time for you to connect her to Mama Laura since Mama Laura has been one. I agree. I agree. I, I connect the two of them. They she's her mom has already had those experiences. Just, uh, just so you know. I, I'm with you on that. Um, but yes, yeah, so they apologize. Um, to each other, uh, Liv went immediately to make up sex, um, and yeah, they had a very yeah. intimate. It was it was a night. I liked the the kiss and the yeah. We get to have makeup sex and stuff. Yeah, yeah, it was a nice little kiss moment, um, and a nice little a nice little coming together after them both recognizing again that it was their first fight. And you know, they they left that episode on a really really good night, a, a good note after their first fight and they really communicated at the end which i loved and enjoyed and can we talk about how they're always coordinated their outfits are always low-key matching because they were <laughs> walking at the end there and it was like y'all are wearing the same colors <laughs> it was it's so it was so coordinated it's also i said to lexi is that's the outfit that um sam had on during um daniel's birthday um little thing that was on TikTok, Instagram and everywhere else in the world that they posted. Uh uh but it was they do. They are always dressing alike. I you know what I didn't like at the end of that scene before they walked off together hand in hand? What? So I said, I think it was either today or sometime or yesterday or something. I said I miss Bolivia hugs. I need this Bolivia hug. It was yesterday. Oh uh, yeah, that would And been they cut that hug so weird. Cause it started, yeah, they did. I felt yeah, that was an interesting direction choice by the director to have like a wide shot. Yes, and I was like, "What are you doing?" Like it was like a wide and side shot. Yes, <laughs> weird. It was really weird on how that was cut, and I was like, "That's not what I wanted." Um, but but I it went along with towards the end of them holding hands, but they just that part of it was like cut weird for me. Other than that, I I truly liked the ending. Um, of that and also Spencer telling his coach he's like going to be looking at tape and film and getting the balance that he needs yeah. and ready and prepared and taking a different approach yeah because yeah, I do think we, we very often whenever Spencer has been presented with the limited challenges he has been with football it's immediately been like I said these montages in the weight room so to see him talk about we haven't got him really talking about film and I think I'm into this too by the way but we haven't even really gotten him mentioning film since season one Really, we didn't. We really also didn't get him mentioning the fact of him need, him actually being a student athlete because he was, he was at the very beginning he was trying to find his class and remember right. he was like running all over the place that ended up in the wrong class. That has right. happened to everybody, not even a student athlete. So I was cracking up laughing. So there's some yeah. things that we haven't seen since. It happened to Simone on All American Homecoming. Yeah, things we. Haven't oh wait, no, seen. she didn't go to the wrong class. Just kidding. She was late. She was late. She was late. But, but it was things that we haven't seen since season one from Spencer is now popping up. Yeah. Um, and, oh, and just it, being the fish out of water. Yeah. Innocence. And he has yeah. to be the salmon. And that's, that's as JJ said, you have to be the salmon that's going up swimming the with the stream, not against. Yeah. Not against it. And then Spencer said, eventually I'm going to be the bear. <laughs> it's like, exactly. you know what? Just be the salmon for a moment. He tried to help you. So, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, good, good episode. And that takes us to predictions. Thanks for listening to Film Study and All American Podcast. Stay tuned for our predictions.